Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Last week, um, Adam, magnificently in my opinion, uh, preached on managing our finances well uh, and uh, he left us with a series of challenges, if you remember. Uh, some of them quite, ooh. But he, he spoke about the reality that money is not eternal. It's not the source of our joy. He touched on budgeting and how if we order our finances, our lives seem to come into an order. But this isn't just some act that we do educationally. But actually, we need the Spirit of God. We need faith in the mix. And so what we want to do this morning is uh, we're not going to interview a panel of experts. We're just going to choose good people who are family amongst us just to share some of their stories, some of the wobbles, some of the struggles, some of the excitement that comes when we bring God into this very important subject of, of, of our money. So I just wonder if we could uh, welcome Megan and Luke. Oh, he's there. Hey, very good to come up. And uh, this lovely Evie as well. So, yeah, very special gift. All right. Trying to share. Yeah. Very good. I'm the same height stand in the city. <laughs> Very good. Now, Shami said to me, don't lean back on the chair like you did last time. She spent the whole time last time thinking I was going to go off the back. So I'll try and stay in, in the one place. Very good. Now, just want to start really with a question, actually, I'm going to ask everybody, really. So give us some understanding. How did you, who formed your understanding of money? Who uh, set for you any kind of direction? Was that a person? Was that something you did? How did you start? Perhaps, Luke, you could just uh, say. Now? 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 Historicism. <laughs> like, I'm really sorry if we end up arguing. All right, no, we're not going to argue. I promise. So, what was the question? Yeah, so the question is, was, is. who was significant in forming your yep. uh, understanding of money and, and how to handle money? Yeah, so I was, um, I was kind of brought up in a, in a ministry home, in a ministry family. And um, yes, we, just to give a little bit of background just before, um, I guess we, we've moved up. This is like my 12th, 13th move, something like that. So I've almost been like God's taken us all over the place. Uh, had the privilege of living in quite affluent areas and also quite deprived areas. Um, yeah, so I think, um, I guess my, the sense of, of, of money, when we had chats and things like that as a family, we, we didn't really, I always appreciated um, my folks and what they were saying about the, the the blessing of money, if you like, and how God provided for us as a family. Um, 
But we never really sat down and, and, and chatted about money. Does that make sense in terms of like the practical steps? Um, we just declared God's goodness. That's all I really heard because of how he provided. Um, so my, my take on money is probably very different in the sense to um, Megan's upbringing. Yeah, so I, I, like before I went to uni, my mum and dad were like, right, we sit down every month and we do our budget and you're going to uni now, so you need to sit down with us and learn how to do this. So my mum and dad were very practical and um, would have always said like, um, like Luke's parents kind of really um, testifying to God's goodness over finances or um, would have shared with us when finances were really hard and brought me and my brother into that prayerful um, conversation with God about how... Um, we would yeah, kind of pay different bills and things. And um, I guess my parents really wanted to practically equip us as well. So when we came into our marriage, I was like, right, when's our budget meeting? And Luke was like, what's a budget meeting? <laughs> um, and kind of was, uh, yeah, looked kind of shocked, scared, and a bit disturbed about the idea. I, mean, I, thought, I, thought, I thought she said budget, never mind. Budget. <laughs> you like budgets. I think you'd have preferred a budget meeting. Um, <laughs> So uh, it's actually part of the Yorkshire Budget Regard Society, just to embarrass And that's for another time, folks. <laughs> so yeah, back to budgets, budget. Um, so <laughs> um, somebody had recommended to us the CAP money course, um, and actually that was really helpful for us starting out in our marriage, wasn't it? To kind of start off on an even keel and to discover it together, um, rather than being like, this is where my mum and dad do it. Um, so we did that together and kind of, um, used, um, I don't know if they still do it on this course, but they used to give you a table of like all your ingoings and outgoings. That was a really practical tool for us to use, wasn't it, to work out how to um, budget our money? Yeah, so, um, oh, thank you. So just just briefly then, um, people might not know what the Cat Money course is. Um, Christians Against Poverty is an organisation, a charity that's set up to really support people and get people both through debt uh, and into Jesus as well. Wonderfully, they see many people come to Jesus. But what would be perhaps your top couple of takeaways from the course that you go, oh, that really helped us? Yeah, I think um, the, the main thing was a practical kind of side of it. Um, so I think recognising that um, to be able to avoid getting in debt and um, that you could plan um, with the money that God's given you and um, to utilize that well um, and in a God-honoring way um, and I think that was really helpful for us just to be able to kind of come together um, and and have that practical tool but also the emphasis on um, honoring God with our finances too so not just doing the practical bit um, but actually thinking um, and talking together and praying together about how God wanted us to use our money was really helpful to be reminded of. Yeah that, that's really helpful so just uh, Adam handed out the challenge, which I think you've already started to touch on um, last week about actually sitting with Father God and uh, letting Father God look through your budget. Uh, and as you started, you, you actually said, you know, we started to do that to, together. So as a couple, typically we have different desires, we have different wants, different what we perceive as basic needs, one other doesn't. And how do you as, as a couple work through that process of coming up with a budget, as you say, that's God honoring, but also honors one another? How do you resolve any of those uh, differences? Um, talk to that, because actually that can be a real difficult point in people's marriages. Well, um, 
No, we, I think when we're faced with that, we, for us, I, I think we're both naturally quite savers as, as people. But one thing that's really high on our list and our priorities is that we, we need to, we pray together in terms of what's, what's wise. Um, pray for discernment in terms of maybe how, how we manage our finances. That's a, that's a big part. That's actually the foundation for us. Because if we don't have that, then I think we'll be here, there, and everywhere. So we really want to be grounded in Christ with our finances in the sense that everything that we have, everything that we give, everything that we receive belongs to him in the first place. So it's, it's having that as, a, as an anchor. Yeah, I think that's the key. Like when we disagree on something, it's normally because we've not prayed about it yet together. Um, so we tend to find that um, we'll like be chatting to and from about it. And then eventually one of us will go, should we just pray about this? <laughs> like, oh, why don't we just start with that? It would have saved all this. Um, but that tends to be the key for us, doesn't it? Like, I think naturally I'm more cautious with money. So I like to have like a backup plan for a backup plan. That's my nature. Um, so like I find it much harder when God says, I want you to give away your backup plan. Like that's really, that's really hard for me. And Luke's much better at that. He's got um, a, m- a much more generous heart than I do. And I still have to keep praying into the, that, that God would um, help me to be um, honoring with everything that he's given us. Um, so I think for me, um, learning to listen to Luke when he says God wants us to give this away um, and, and going with that is really, um, is really important. Um, but you always make sure that I come along on the journey, even if it takes a bit longer. <laughs> Megan, Megan's fantastic at planning. She's got a real gift. We've got different gifts. Um, Megan's phenomenal. She, she's kind of been a bit modest there. She's very humble in that, but she's, she has got a very giving heart. Um, but together, we, we work really well. Um, we don't always see each other's opinion, but we've got to come back to that foundation, that anchor. Yeah, that's, that's so good. I had a question there that was running through my head, but... Uh, but so, so Luke, Megan's been honest and said she takes time to catch up and you're chafing at the bit. How do you love your wife when you see it so clearly and she's taking time? How, how do you handle it? Well, with a lot of patience, Mark, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do I? She is who she is. Yes. Right? God, God's made of who she is, so you love her for who she is. Um, and so, even though, yeah, sometimes she, she, she functions that way, she, her mindset is that, that, that's a real blessing to our family. And so, it's easy to sometimes get maybe frustrated, and, and there has been times, of course there has, Um. But I'm always challenged by the fact that she is who she is first. Yeah. So I, I, think, that, I think that's a brilliant answer because there is a danger that we enforce our will. And that's a way to destroy a marriage, isn't it? Is to enforce our will rather than the grace that God gives me because I'm the slowest change on the planet, I think, sometimes. Wow, I would have been the 13th disciple, you know, so far behind. And yet, when it comes sometimes to our marriage relationship, we don't give that grace for one to catch up with the other and to go to God as you do. 
Uh, when we spoke the other day, uh, you've used the word together this morning, but you used the word unity. And, and you know, we often use that um, verse in Scripture, you know, a, a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. Well, there's one cord that always stands, and that's Father God. But it's our unity that we wrap around his unity with us. And, and you magnify that and you have exemplified. Unity is so important, it, particularly in the area of finance, but also in every part of our marriage. Do you want to just share your very up-to-date story of, 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 of actually how your generosity, your time to take, and then how you gave it back a pound away and, uh, from, from just the other week? Do you want to just share that? Um, yeah, Luke um, has been really blessed to be able to go on the School of Leadership course recently, and I think this week's that this topic was um, on finance. Well, you tell what the topic was, but it covered finances. <laughs> um, so on Friday last week, um, Luke said, I've been really challenged that we need to give X amount to church. Um, and I was like, oh, darling, in the middle of a house move, you know, um, this is a bit bit tricky. Um, finances, everything's going up. I'm on my turn to leave, you know, not quite meeting our budget anyway. How is that going to work? Um, and he's like, I'll just leave it with you. <laughs> That's fine. And we come to church on Sunday and Adam's talking about money. I'm like, oh, OK. Thanks. <laughs> Are you really trying to say something? And then uh, that night opened my Bible and my Bible reading notes. And it was about money. <laughs> so I was like, okay, God, um, this is what we need to do. Um, so I find that um, because I struggle, if God's told me to do something, I need to do it straight away. So as I find a way to put it off, so I was like, I need to do this tonight. <laughs> so it's a good job. All the details are on the website for churches and um, stuff. So that's really helpful. Um, but yeah, and then the next morning we found um, Luke's clutch was going on his car and we used our emergency car fund. <laughs> Um, so I was like, oh, I, okay, God, well, you've obviously got something for us. And actually, you know what? The lovely thing about walking with Jesus, isn't it, is that I already knew that he was going to provide. So I wasn't actually worried about it because I thought, God, you've told us to give. And you've told us so many times to do step out in faith and you've always provided everything we needed. So I, I was like, okay, God, let's see how this is going to work. Um, and then my grandma um, who knows a lot and just kind of when we saw her on the Tuesday said um, God's just told me to give you this amount um, of money which was the exact amount of money that we'd given to church on a Sunday um, so that was that <laughs> God is faithful he is faithful and, and, and let's be honest sometimes we wait some time uh, for that uh, to come it isn't always um, uh, in the immediacy but you know, God honours our beginnings, doesn't he, in giving. And um, uh, one of my son-in-laws uh, got saved and um, the issue was money. He was quite wealthy and he, the issue was money. And he phoned me one Sunday afternoon saying, Mark, I see so exciting. I think, oh, what's happened? You know, and he said, I put five pounds in the offering. I thought, oh, goodness gracious, mate. He'd done that. But remarkably... It was a test to God. God, will you meet my need? So he gave his five pounds. By the time he and his wife had got halfway to leaving the building, someone came up to him and said, I'd like to give you this. And he opened a little envelope. There was a five pounds in. By the time they got to the main door to go out into the car park, someone came up with another bit and said, I'd like to give you this. And he, walked, he said, I gave five, I've got ten. <laughs> and the reality is, whether it's, 
in direct money coming back, we can never outgive uh, God. So it's just great, isn't it? So come on, what, what would be, give us some top tips. I mean, we've talked about unity. We've talked about um, remembering everything that we have belongs to God. And even the thing he gives belongs to God. Anything else would you, would you just say top tips? don't know if I have any more. I guess if you're a bit more like me, um, listen to God's voice and act on it straight away so that you don't don't forget it or yeah. don't move on or make an excuse or find some way of getting around it. And um, I think that's the same with everything in life, isn't it? If somebody puts God, somebody on your heart, then text them then or call them then rather than putting it off. Um, so that would be for me. Um, which is great. I think the other one, which is sometimes very difficult, is give joyfully. Regardless of your circumstances, you give joyfully. I know we can be reluctant. I know that can be difficult uh, and tough. But it's the heart of giving and why you're giving it. And remembering it's for kingdom things. That's the bigger picture. Very good. Just got a bit of time, so I'm going to throw you the curveball that I said. We, we're living in a society that now is instant. We can click, we can press, we can, we can do anything. And um, I would say we are aggressively consumeristic and we live with so many financial platforms, whether it be credit cards, Kalana, where we get interest-free for, so, you know, for three months and what have you. As a young couple, how do you guard your hearts from getting caught up into that instant gratification? How, how, you, how have you chosen uh, to delay gratification? And, and, and what does that look like in a pressured well when I want the latest, the greatest? And what have you? You're going to hold it to me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like that. <laughs> um, I think probably um, like a spiritual answer part yeah, of that yeah. and a practical part to that um so practically Luke and I have uh, found it really helpful not to have a credit card um so just we have um our debit card so that we know that we can't spend money we don't have um so that's been a helpful practical step for us um to kind of um, guard against that and I guess um any like major decisions about money we would always discuss together so there's a time like you can't do that instantly because often you're not together so that kind of um stops those instant kind of snap purchases i'm not talking about some milk from the supermarket but anything kind of um big that's a, an investment or whatever we would always discuss first so um, i think that gives time um to to stop that kind of instant like i want i'll get um kind of things so i think that's really helpful um and i think just just praying as well um always uh, I know it sounds like a broken record coming back to the same thing, but um, that's, guess what, what helps us um, in all things. Because I think when we're rooted in God, we've got our satisfaction in him, and then we're not looking for that satisfaction elsewhere. You're not looking for that, like, instant buy and the kind of satisfaction it gets or that car that's the fancy one that, that makes me feel good because um, you've got that worth and that satisfaction in God and, and who he's made you and what he's given you as well. Um, and I know that a verse for us a few years ago was um, kind of really key about, you know, where Paul says that he's learned to be content in every situation. Um, and I think God took us through a whole year of really like, um, really focusing in that verse on the word learn 
Um, so not just I've become content because it's something that naturally happens in time, but actually like we've got to learn with God to be content um, in what he's given us and um, who he's made us to be. So I think that was a real learning process for us and will continue to be. Um, but yeah, that's probably potentially an answer. Brilliant answer. <laughs> I think there's some truth, some huge truth in that, if you could. We're going to come back to that in a, in a few minutes. Guys, thank you so much. And well done, Evie, for being. Can we just bless these guys? Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for your honesty and vulnerability. Brilliant. Very good. It's Tim and Ruth, would you come and join us? Yeah, come on. There's gold being shared this morning. Gold nuggets. Very good. Good. Yeah, this is Tim. Tim is married to the talk to Marilyn. Marilyn. Uh, and, and, and Ruth, Ruth uh, spent a number of years uh, recently in Cambodia volunteering there and serving God there and has come back to the UK. So it's great to have these two with us this morning. So I'm going to start, in fact, in the same place as we started with uh, Luke and Megan. So, so Ruth, who, who was your influence when it comes to managing money and, and learning about money? I think the two people that were my influence were mum and dad. Right. And dad was so good at finances and had his little red book, which he still has to this day. <laughs> and it brought such security growing up because dad handled the budget and it just he knew everything that was coming in, going out. Um, so that brought a lot of security into the home. And then there's my mum, who is the generous one, who would then say, David, what about this? And so I had the mixture of the secure, practical budget together with the generous heart, which dad would obviously agree with, um, that set me on my path of, yes, you budget, but you, there's a difference between tithes and offerings and budget. And also, okay, God, this is all yours. Uh, what would you like me to do with it? So those are my two primary influences Brilliant. starting out. Brilliant. And on my first day at work, my dad bought me a red cash book. <laughs> so, yeah. That says something about when Ruth started work. Yes. It wasn't a tablet. It, no. was a, it was a it was a little a, cash, a book. cash book. Mm. Tim, what about your experience? Yeah, I think very similar to, to, to Ruth's in the sense of the parents, you know, kind of set the framework. And I, I would say to all parents here, you know, involve your children in, in, your, in your money discussions and really show them how you manage your money um, because they will catch that. And it doesn't have to be lesson one, do this, lesson two, do that. It's just something that you convey to your children and they kind of, they catch it from you. And it's really an important value for you to transmit. Um, I, bought, I sort of grew up in fairly humble circumstances in a terraced house uh, with parents who didn't have a lot, lot of money at all. Um, my mum, who was a teacher, gave up work to, you know, to have me and my sister. So... You know, there wasn't a lot of money around. We didn't have a TV. We didn't have a car. Um, but we lived very, very good and happy and secure childhoods. And I can remember very clearly at the age of 
I think I was 11, uh, being told by my dad, come with me this morning, we're going to buy a car, mm -hmm. which was so exciting. Uh, and there was no, uh, I didn't know about this car, but it had obviously been on the agenda. And we went and we bought a new car without credit, which, you know, I thought that's, that's staggering. You know, dad had done his research. They knew what they wanted. They'd obviously saved for years to afford this. And here was me being treated to a, you know, a trip to this car showroom and a test drive and things like that, which in 1963 was, was, was fairly, fairly special. I can, I can remember it very clearly. Very good. Very good. So, so Ruth, we talked about the foundation there and you sort of started to drift on into actually developing that. Uh, Megan mentioned as well about praying and hearing God speak. And uh, can you say something in terms of helping us understand how, how for you do you hear God speak and then develop that into actually how you've grown in handling your finances going forward? I think I really started to learn this lesson when I became a single parent and I realized that money was spiritual. It wasn't that God was just interested in spiritual things and everything, but money was part of it, that he would be interested that I needed food on the table, that I needed different things and that it wasn't, I talked to him about everything else apart from the practical thing of money. So I really learned to involve him in everything, and that included money. And like I said, I would manage it as best I could, but at certain times I was in need. So I learned to ask God and say to God, this is what I need. And one of the prime examples I remember um, was my son who needed some school trousers, and he was 13 at the time. And so I needed black school trousers and I'm saying, okay, God, he needs trousers. Went to Marks and Spencers, got some trousers that were marked at a certain price. They went through the till at 99 pence. These black school trousers that lasted two years. And I always remember that to this day, like 20 years later, that God is so interested in the little things. And yes, I could have given testimonies of thousands. I could. But it all starts with, God, I need your help. Please help. I've been faithful. I've been generous. But I need your help in this. And he proves himself faithful time and time again. Like you said before, it's in the time of sufficient or not sufficient. He is faithful. Brilliant. Brilliant. So you've built that history with God. Now, yeah. Adam last week said the fear of money or being the fear of lack of money often drives people to um, expend inappropriately. In what you said, when do you find peace comes? How do you find peace? We often say this fight for peace, which sounds a bit odd, really, but actually there is, isn't there, a fight for peace? How, how has that worked out? Is this the other testament? Not, Not yet. <laughs> I think... Um, because I learned to involve God in every area of my life and I learned what his voice sounds like to me, whenever I would get um, in lack or worried or anxious, immediately I would just say, okay, okay God, what are you saying? What are you doing? What's your heart? Um, 
and just talk it through with him and with other people that God put in my life. Because as a single parent at the time, it is really hard. Um, everything is hard. So it's so important to just learn to totally rely on him, rely on his voice, we know that he is faithful. Very good. Very good. Tim, just slightly jumping ahead a little bit, because I think it's important. Um, Ruth, uh, Luke and Megan spoke about giving. Adam spoke about giving. But you, you and Marilyn made some decisions at the beginning, but also when we spoke together, you, you spoke so well to me about um, how to get on that giving journey and, and how God led you in that. And your beginning circumstances as smooth when you were first married as you had anticipated, were they? Do you want to just give a bit of background to that as well? Yeah, well, I, I, again, it's something I grew up as a child with, that giving was part of life, you know, and so that, again, was a learned thing. But I can recall... When, when we were engaged, before we got married, we felt very strongly that we should support a little child in, in, a, you know, in the developing world. And we, we went to a tiny little, tiny little office of a new charity called ActionAid, which is vast these days, and went through the photographs and picked out a child in Burundi who we were going to sponsor. So even before we got married, we'd kind of, very much put that on the agenda of things that we wanted to, to do. And when, when we got married, um, life was quite a struggle. We, we had a little, little um, attic flat in Bradford. And um, I can remember we, we didn't have a washing machine. Uh, that was beyond us. And we didn't fancy paying laundrette prices. So we used to do all our washing in the bath, kneeling at the side of the bath doing our washing by hand and uh, went to Comet and we bought a little spin dryer. It used to jump around the floor yes. <laughs> to save money because we, we worked out, you know, so many weeks we'd paid for the spin dryer by saving laundrette costs and hang the washing up around the flat. Um, so, so money wasn't vast. Uh, Marilyn, who was an alien in this country, uh, coming from Ireland, uh, got a job as a teacher and then lost it within three weeks when they said, sorry, you can't teach, you're not qualified in this country. So she had to go back uh, to, to university and do a postgraduate uh, certificate for which we were charged student fees because there was no, you know, uh, we, uh, the EU hadn't got as far as uh, international qualifications in those days, so we were paying out for that. So I was working, she was a student, uh, then she worked and I was a student. So, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of money around. But, you know, we, we, we kept the giving on the, on the budget. And I was very struck with what Ad, the example Adam gave last week of, you know, paid his rent, paid his council tax, bought his food gave and then the money ran out <laughs> you know, there wasn't there wasn't anything but but the basics but I you know I think learning that discipline of that's the order you you go for your basics what do you need and then you think about giving next and I think that's a really good rule of thumb to apply before you get to all the nice to haves yeah I, I think we often talk about tithing, you know, the 10% that we give 
to the local church. Um, and I think as I've journeyed myself, we, we realize that the, that 10% is neither uh, the, the floor or the ceiling. And it's been my joy many times in getting people to start with a pound, you know, the widow's might. It's all she had, she gave. And then to see them grow in that and grow through 10% and go on in that. And I just want to say to folks, sometimes we hear the 10% and we think, oh, I can't get there. Well, go with the faith that you've got and start. I, I, you know, I would say... Uh, just and start. prepare to be have your faith stretched <laughs> yes, on, the <laughs> on the journey on the journey because it wobbles doesn't it absolutely yeah. i don't remember what the night god said to me you need to start tithing you know and and so i went home to marilyn because she wasn't with me and i said god said to me we need to start tithing what do you, what do you think and yeah. she said well if god says so that's what we need to do the next night there was a lady from the fellowship we were in uh, very embarrassed on the doorstep, knocked on the door, opened the door. Oh, hello, Rosemary. What, what, what do you want? She said, I've got this for you. Gave me a pound note. And you think, she says, I don't know what it's for. I said, I know what it's for. It's all right, Rosemary. You know, just have that confirmation yeah. within hours, really, of someone who had no idea what was going Fantastic. on in my heart. And the turmoil that I was in. <laughs> I, I, just, and again, God, God honors our obedience. You know, when we do things out of love for Him, it, it's a wonderful thing. Time is really, really shooting, which is really sad. But um, I came across a man called Francis Bacon, who's from the 14th, no, 15th, 16th century. Uh, he said this He said, Money is a good servant, but a bad master. He also said, Money is like muck, no good unless it be spread, yeah. which I think is a great thing. But Alan talked and, and spoke about this, the reality that money can get a hold on us and become our master. Just, would you like to just speak into that and share your, uh, the way God dealt with uh, breaking the hold money had on you? Um, I love being generous and... You know, it could be little things, big things. It doesn't matter. It's part of the way I was brought up is to be generous. And uh, quite a few years ago, I'd um, lent some money to a friend who needed a deposit for a flat in Harrogate. And I was fortunate enough, I had some money in the bank and really felt God say, yes, lend it to her um, so she can get here. And so I thought, oh, great, I'm blessing somebody, providing a home for somebody um and we agreed that I would lend it to her it wasn't a gift it was which was fine I could lend it to her um but time passed and nothing came back and more time passed and I was beginning to get quite anxious about this and about you know tut tut it's not fair I I lent her the money I didn't give her the money and God just said Ruth write it off and as soon as he said that, and I thought, okay, God, I know your voice. I'll write it off. I felt such peace come that I just thought it was worth it for me to feel that peace and not be anxious. And it was a lot of money at the time for me. And uh, so I went up to her after that meeting and said, forget it, in a nice way, not, <laughs> you know. 
just forget it. And then he also said some, I'd given some money to the kids and he said, just tell them the same because you can't write off one person's debt and not somebody else's. And so that has stood me in good stead that since then, whenever I get anxious about money, what I do is I give some away. And it's almost like saying, you do not have the hold on me. God is in charge. He's the one I trust, particularly living my life in Cambodia. Um, there was totally every month hundreds coming in to support that. I know he's faithful. I know he's trustworthy. But I would just constantly, on top of tithes and offerings, when it got that I was worried, okay, God, who can I bless? And it might be a coffee. It might be a date night. It might be whatever. It didn't matter. But it was just my tangible thing of, I'm not going to be tied by this and just release it. It's brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant. That giving breaks the hold of money on our lives. It's as simple as that. Guys, these both, Luke and Megan and Tim and Ruth, there is a breadth and a richness. We haven't even scratched the surface this morning, but just thank you so much. And uh, I trust that's been useful. I think there's been some real nuggets, which Susie O'Blesser has been, uh, been, been doing, doing there. Thank you for doing that, Susie She's been capturing things as we go. You might want to photograph that if you've got your phone or, or write it down. But we do want to respond to Father. I'll get that way. Uh, I, we do want to respond, we, we respond to Father this morning. Because it, it is by the power of his spirit that we live. And there is that choice of faith. And it might be that you're someone who say, I just find money so complex, so difficult. I want to say there are people who are able to help you. I would recommend going on Christians Against Poverty website and looking at the CAP money course. There are online tools that you can use. You haven't got to be a wizard with a computer. So I would encourage the practical side of this as well. But it might be you're sitting here feeling a bit of shame, thinking I've had money and, I, and I've, I've fritted it. Well, all I want us to do is perhaps whatever God has touched your heart on, let's just stand together. James, would you like to come back with, with Lucy? Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Let's just, let's just be honest and vulnerable before our Father. You know, he doesn't condemn. And what he wants is utter freedom and joy for us. And getting the issue of money in its right place in our hearts, because this starts in the heart and then requires a determined will and action to see it, it, it walked and worked out. So just come. Let's just ask the Holy, Holy Spirit if there's anything you want to say to any one of us. Do you bring it to mind now? Just bring it now. And then you tell Father, if you're sorry, tell him, I'm sorry, Father. I want to turn from being frivolous with my money to being a kingdom-minded person. If you're fearful of money, tell Father, Father, I, I fear lack. As a child of God, your Father owns it all. There is no lack 
in God. But we can have that fear. God wants to break fear. Tell him, I'm, I'm frightened, Father. Perhaps you struggle to give. Just tell him, Father, I want to give. I want to do that. I want to be a son, a daughter of the kingdom. I want to be generous. Would you hold money has over and allow him to do that? But be prepared to take into this. Let you just talk to Jesus while James plays over us and then we'll sing this wonderful song.